Welcome back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And this week, I guess this episode, we talk about The Christmas Blanket by Candy Signer. And we are super excited because we love Candy Signer. We talked about her a bunch on our Instagram. We probably mentioned her on other podcasts, but we are really big fans of her. And we never had a podcast episode based on her book. So we decided to use her most recent book that just came out, I think, like last week or two weeks ago called The Christmas Blanket. I think it really was last week because it was like the beginning of November, right after Halloween. And we decided to read The Christmas Blanket to get us in the holiday fields, which I know it's early. It's November. But, you know, this year we're just going to skip right to Christmas. I feel like everyone's just over this whole year. So (laughs) we we need Christmas. (laughs) I keep trying to decorate my house and my mom's like, stop. Like, we're not decorating until the day after Thanksgiving. Like, and she's like, why are you so into this year? I'm like, I don't know. There's just nothing else to <laughs> to do. So I just like, let me just decorate the house and Christmas decorations. Yeah. We almost got the tree out this weekend. And then my mom was like, wait, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> I see people all over social media posting trees, like putting their trees up already. So I feel like you guys could get away with it. I need to take some pictures of my neighborhood because people have put up Christmas lights on all the cactus and it's so pretty at night with the cactus lit up because I mean we're in the desert so we don't have trees. What is the temperature like in Arizona right now? Well today is beautiful. Today is in the 70s. We finally left the 90s. We skipped the 80s. We just totally skipped them and now we're fall weather which is fantastic. I've been wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt all day in the 70s. crazy and just think this time last year you were bundled up wearing your winter jacket when you were in New York I know I do miss the biting cold of New York it's it is 72 here so I mean it's not that cold but I am I am a bit bundled up I'm wearing a sweatshirt but we had a bit of good weather this past weekend which I'm like perfect we can just decorate outside mom's like no we're not putting the lights up outside like please stop (laughs) (laughs) and we never do a fake tree like we always do a real one because we're always so busy up until Christmas that we don't even have time to put a tree up until two weeks before. But now I want to decorate like immediately. So I'm like, I'll do a fake tree because I'm usually gung-ho against fake trees. So uh, I probably will take photos and put it on like, Instagram after we decorate because I'll want to take book pictures. But yeah, we read The Christmas Blanket. It was really good. It was a novella, so it wasn't a novel, which I didn't realize it until I got it in the mail. And it was <laughs> a little smaller. I never really read novellas before either. And I do wish it was longer, but it was really cute. Yeah, it, I think it's like a good, like if you're on an airplane, like it would last you the flight and it would put you in a good mood and it's just really cute. So I liked it. Have you read novellas before? No, definitely not. This was a shock to get in the mail. So I guess we should give a synopsis, which is Marissa's uh, shining moment. I feel like she's she's our synopsis queen. I am, I am. And I thought the synopsis on the back was kind of long, and it's also from the main character's perspective, so I typed up my own shorter version. I hope that's okay with everyone. Oh, wow, you sound so prepared. The main character's name is Eliza, and she's heading home to surprise her family for Christmas. She hasn't been home in four years, ever since she divorced her high school sweetheart and left town to travel the world. But when the blizzard forces her off the road, guess who comes to her rescue? None other than ex-husband River Jensen. As the blizzard worsens, they're forced to cozy up in his tiny little cabin and talk through all the things they never said to each other. And as they reconnect, Eliza begins to wonder why she ever left in the first place, and if it's too late to find her way back home. (laughs) 
No, that was good. Why are you laughing? I just felt so cheesy saying all of that. I just could not imagine being stuck. Well, I couldn't imagine being married in the first place. So. <laughs> but I couldn't imagine being stuck with my ex-husband in a house during a blizzard. And this guy lives like a hermit. I know. I, was it just like a studio cabin, like a one room? I know they said there was a loft, but I'm thinking she had no escape from him. I pictured it being like pretty big, though. But yeah, it did sound like it was just one giant room. And I would just be like, OK, I'm going to walk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my chances. I just can't believe he doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have a TV, internet. Like, I feel like it's a little unrealistic, the no phone thing, because... I just don't know what, like, you need a phone to have a job. Like, you need your phone for your career or any job. Like, he sounds like he does, like, he's an electrician. Like, doesn't he need a phone to know when he needs to go somewhere? That's a good point, because it didn't mention him, like, needing to go into an office. Like, he's a a contractor or self-employed or whatever. So how do people contact him? Like, I know it's a small town, and I don't, I guess I don't really know the small town vibe, but I generally need a cell phone. (laughs) I also think this book could have gone a very different way if he'd been any sort of a serial killer. (laughs) Literally, she was trapped in a one cabin bedroom thing, like one bedroom cabin, no phone, no internet. And her parents did not know she was coming to surprise them. So literally no one knew where in the world Eliza was. And they like, it sounds like she doesn't really talk to her family on like a daily basis. So they could have waited a couple weeks until they realized that like, she's missing and they probably would have looked up anywhere in the world because she sounds like she's just kind of a nomad up at this point so like she could have been missing in Paris she could have been missing in like anywhere so yeah but thankfully for us Candy Steiner is not a psycho (laughs) wrote a romance and not a thriller book so good thing she um just ends up with her ex-husband in a very awkward situation in the beginning so I guess in the beginning, he was being super cold to her and would basically not speak to her. And I was like, like, that just, I just feel like he's being such a big jerk. Even if she did leave, like he let her leave. Yeah, I don't know. With how the book progressed and like what you learned, I don't really understand why at the beginning he was such a jerk. Because I'm like, okay, you're the one who invited her back to the cabin and know you're going to be stuck with her for a couple days maybe you should make the best of it but he definitely did not in the beginning even with the ending and hearing out it unfolds and like hearing why he let her leave i still don't get why he was being a jerk because it sounded like i guess in his head like he wasn't that mad at her yeah like he loved her enough to let her go he didn't want to you know weight her down hold her back because he knew he had to stay in the town and so it's like I, yeah, it didn't really make sense once you get the full picture, but I think it made for an interesting beginning, kind of sucked you in. It did, it did. You knew they were going to reconcile, you knew they were going to, like, crumble, and you knew they were going to come back together. <laughs> yeah, this was basically a Hallmark movie, but in the form of a book. Yeah, pretty much. It, I think it could be a movie. I hope they make it a movie. I hope they make all of Candy Center's books a movie, because they should, because all of them are, like, juicy like hallmark or like rom-com movies half the time like they have i feel like they're pretty funny sometimes they are yeah basically we agree we want the book to be longer but we're happy she wrote a book for us for christmas that's our that's our opinion on the length for those who love novellas do you ever crave like 
more. I just feel like I want more of the characters. Yeah, and also, like, what would prompt you to pick up a novella over a regular size book? Because that's the thing. When we got to the end of this book, I literally told my mom, because for those of you who don't know, I'm living at home with my parents. So, like, I literally only have her to talk to. Um, But I told her, I was like, it really could have been so much longer. Like, there could have been so much more story to this. And it just ended, which is fine. Like, it's a novella. If that's the point, then that's the point. But I personally think I'd rather have a full-size book and get more in-depth and learn more about the characters and see more struggle. That goes to this discussion between series and single books. Like sometimes I want a series. I want to invest in the two cat and like in those characters and watch where they go. But sometimes I do want something short and sweet. But something I don't. I don't think I'll ever really want something this short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. But it was short and sweet. Like it was a really sweet story. We're not bashing the story. No, we really did like it. Uh, we're just craving more. That's how much we liked it. We just want more of the characters. We really only had two characters. You had River and you had um, Eliza, and that was like pretty much it. Like they they name like their parents and their sisters and stuff like that. But they really only came in for the end for like maybe two pages it was basically just the two of them so Which is kind of interesting to think about afterwards like we literally read 150 pages of just eliza and river and we didn't get bored and we enjoyed it so that's a good sign it was just in her point of view right uh yeah i think so so yeah we got basically in her point of view i kind of i mean like his point of view would have been interesting as well but so yeah who of the two did you like the most i mean i liked them both i oh gosh i hate when you make me think about these things i think i probably liked river more just because he seemed to really love her but i liked her i she was just nicer she was nicer than river especially in the beginning she was trying to make the best of the situation and she didn't hold any ill will towards him And he was, like, being all bratty in the beginning, kind of like you said. So that was kind of a big knock on him. But then once you learn why he let her go, which for those who haven't read this book, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't read this book. But if you you are listening, uh, his dad was dying when she told him she wanted to go explore the world. And he didn't want to hold her back. He knew if he told her about his dad, she would stay and she wouldn't follow her dream. So he let her go. And that was so sweet to me and made me love him so much because he didn't feel the need to, like, hold on to her. Like they say, if you love something enough, let it go and it'll come back to you. And I feel like that was just so true for them. Not that she didn't make sacrifices, too. I I liked her, too. They were both fine. (laughs) I... I'm somewhat annoyed with River for not just speaking up because if he would have been like, my dad's dying, he has a year left to live, can we just wait a year? I feel like it just, like, she would have been in the know, she would understand why they're breaking up. Granted, I know they had issues before that, but, like, if he would have just said that, I feel like she'd be like, I, okay, I can live one more year here and then I can go travel the world. Like, as long as, I feel like as long as she had an end date inside of, like, when she can, like, leave here, I feel like she wouldn't have felt so trapped. But yeah. I did like River, I mean, I did like Eliza more, just because I related to her wanting to get out. I grew up not in, like, a small town in the middle of nowhere. I grew up on Long Island, New York. But I grew up in a relatively small town where the fact that, like, my parents went to my same high school and, like, my cousins all live here and no one ever leaves. And I felt trapped in high school and I left. I went to Mississippi, I went to school in Mississippi State. So, like, I related to her in the sense that I want to travel. Granted, I didn't, like, 
she sounds like she got random jobs around the world, like yacht sitting in like Australia <laughs> and house sitting in like Italy, like all these crazy things she was doing, which I don't think I'd have the guts to do. But I related to her feeling trapped. But again, if I say I was, I had a boyfriend, he was like, can you wait a year before you leave? I think I probably would do that. And I think she would too. She she sounded like she loved him. I mean, she still did. She got back together with him, but I think yeah. she could have waited a year. But do you think River from four years ago wanted to travel the world? Because I, I almost wonder if he didn't even put that option out there because that wasn't his dream and he didn't want to do that. And it took losing her to learn what his dream was. You have a point. I don't know River from four years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a point. And their marriage did not sound too fabulous like four years ago. And I and I just understand why they like, didn't go to college either. They both just like decided to take on like random jobs. Like she was working in a supermarket at like eighteen, and he was doing random jobs. Like I just feel like, and I just think this goes back to the fact of where I grew up and how being married at eighteen is just not a thing where I grew up. So I just never understood that because I know people do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my dad got married when he was 19. Did your parents go to college? Oh, uh, yeah, they both, I told you this the other night, they both went to a Bible college. <laughs> oh, I forgot you told me this, yeah. <laughs> In small town, Tennessee. But they went to college, and that was what, like a couple years, that was like 20 years ago. So, yeah. book's written now. She's a 21st century, like, college is the norm. For, for them to not go to college was kind of weird. So I just feel like they just, like, got off on the wrong foot. Yeah, I mean, I think their marriage would have been better if they'd had stable jobs, had a good income. I think part of what made their their marriage so hard was because they had to work. I mean, they literally had to work through holidays. They had to work through holidays. They didn't get time off. They only saw each other in the evening. And so while Eliza started forming all these dreams to go travel the world and escape the small town, you know, River wasn't talking to, with her about those things because they never probably saw each other because they worked so much. So I think I, if you're listening and considering not going to college, I would, I would tell you to go to college, get a good job, and settle down afterwards because it's just, I think it just makes it so hard when you get married young and you don't have any income and no one's helping you. Oh, it reminds me of my parents. That's how they were. Or even if they just waited one year, like, they didn't get married out of high school. They, they lived home. They worked. They saved money. And then they got married. I just feel like they would have been better off. But I guess that's not the point of the book. The point of the book was that for them to struggle <laughs> at 18, which led to their break, the divorce, which led to their reunion. But in the logical sense of my mind, I'm just like, couldn't you just wait a year? Did you have to get married right away? That's the accountants in us. <laughs> Let us look through your financial statements at 18. We'll let you know if we think this marriage is a good idea or if you should put some money aside. We'll invest it for you. <laughs> kidding. Uh, no, we're not kidding, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we're logically thinking. So what did you think about Eliza, like, her jobs and traveling the world? Like, would you have the guts to do that? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know where she got the confidence to just get up and travel the world and just take these random jobs. Like, what, she didn't she pick grapes or something or pick olives or something in exchange for sleeping in these people's houses? Like, 
like, oh, I just, I'm not, I'm already, like, lacking some confidence in some areas. So the thought of traveling in and of itself is an adventure to me. Like, I don't even have a passport. Then you add on, then you add on, like, actually surviving. Because this wasn't just a fun trip she took. This was her life for four years. Oh, the girl had balls, I tell you. I, the one point she said that she slept in fields in, like, France because she, like, it was, like, a travel mishap. I was, like, I would not be able to do that. Where'd you do your luggage? And also, did she just, not, like, did she only carry on with one bag of clothes? And, like, that must be it because she, it's just a nomad. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm too, I feel like I have so much stuff. And most of it's, honestly, books and clothes. And I just love my books and clothes. But, like, where her stuff? Yeah, I mean, I guess this plays into the fact that she had no money, so she had no no stuff. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, maybe we're just too rational for this book. (laughs) Yeah, like, when my sister went and traveled the world, she just had one backpack, and she traveled the world for nine months with a backpack on her back. And you don't think about some of the things you need, like monthly things you might need, and things you can't buy in other countries. And there's, like, a lot of considerations. Now, I don't know if Eliza was in, like, you know, um, Turkey, like the, the rural parts of Turkey. But I'm just saying there are considerations when you travel. And the fact that Eliza just jumped in headfirst is actually very impressive and makes me like her a lot. You know, she definitely has guts. Um, I, I probably will never do that in my life, just hop on a plane around the country and just be like, YOLO. Um, like I literally signed to go, I'm going to Europe next year, but I signed up with a tour group and they are with me probably the entire time. They planned everything for me and it's a very structured trip. (laughs) (laughs) We like structure. (laughs) We need our safe little bubble, but that's why we read. We read to get away and to live people's lives that aren't like ours because sometimes viewers can be little scaredy cats. (laughs) True. (laughs) Uh, but no this is definitely a really good book what was your other favorite parts of this story let's see this wasn't necessarily a favorite part but I did just find it interesting the relationship between Eliza and her sister I feel like if my sister said to me what Eliza's sister said to her I would have been like you don't know me at all like don't say those things to me and all that stuff but basically her sister called her out and was like all right, Eliza, well, in the past four years, you finally did your travels. You didn't talk to me, your mom and dad once. You know, you didn't know I was pregnant because we never talked to you. Was it worth it? Are you happy now? Like, totally just called her out. (laughs) And I thought their relationship was interesting, how well Eliza took it and internalized it very quickly and was like, you know what, you're right. My home is here and decided to stay. But I guess that's why it's a novella. Like, there wasn't time to work through the struggles but I did find their relationship intriguing. I would I would also be very stubborn, which also doesn't fit because I feel like prior in the book, Eliza is described as stubborn. Um, like what she didn't when she was refusing to go into the house with him. I think he called her like a like still stubborn or something like that. Yeah. And, and then she goes gets like called out, and I feel like in any situation, any certain person would be like, "No, I'm not. Like, don't tell me that." And she's like, "You're 100 percent right." Like, and she just like this light bulb goes off, and I'm just like, <laughs> "No, I mean like any ra- I, even a rational person doesn't think like that." And clearly, she's not really that rational, so you clearly can't be thinking that straight. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, obviously, I'm glad the light bulb went off. I wanted her and River to work out. But, you know, it seemed to happen a little fast for, for Eliza. She's like, you're right. I'm just like... <laughs> one of those cartoons and like I think like it was Dora Explorer and she's like that's it like and any emotionally healthy person probably doesn't even think through things as fast <laughs> and it doesn't sound like she's that emotionally healthy but again this is a novella so it's it's not for realistic things and I love happy endings you guys know I want like a I want the fairy tale and the bow on top and I feel like I, I always get fairy tales and both on top with candy signer which is why i love her because i just feel like they never make me sad yeah but um i mean there's some sad things in the middle but like usually they find the one and it's just magical and i love that um like the fact that in all four years that neither of them like it's not like got with anybody else in that period of time was also kind of crazy i mean not for river because he was like in this hometown like i always want to go up with this like childhood friends who knew Eliza but like Eliza was traveling the world like yeah you're gonna tell me she's not gonna kiss some Italian boys mm-hmm. on the Riviera like yeah it was a, yeah it was, that was a little far-fetched when they were both like you're my only one and I was like really Eliza that doesn't really seem to fit with your personality but okay <laughs> like it was four years <laughs> You're telling me you sat alone for four years? She was too busy lying in fields alone. <laughs> We're house-sitting or picking olives. <laughs> she lives a crazy life. <laughs> I wonder if people actually do this, though. Are we just this sheltered? Like, that I'm like, I think it's so crazy that she just picked up and traveled the world and... I mean, so my sister's um, husband now, uh, her husband actually almost did something like this. Not quite the same, but he had a connection in some little uh, city over in either the Middle East or in Europe. I'm not actually sure where it was. It's like a tiny island town, like no one lives there. But he had a connection who went there and started a coffee shop. And they were working out a deal where he would come, like, work in the bean fields and harvest the coffee beans and work in the coffee shop. And in exchange, he'd get to live there and get a small stipend. And, like, so I guess it is a thing to go live in people's houses in exchange for work in other countries. I just, it never crossed my rational accountant brain that loves organization and planning. (laughs) And also, again, we brought back the fact that, like, she could have stopped at a serial killer's house and she could have been dead. Like, also the fact that she's going to stay in. I know people, like, do exchange programs all the time. But what if she stays in some random person's house because they want a a house sitter and then they just end up killing her? Like, maybe I read too much horror books or we watch too much, uh, like, horror documentaries and Dateline and all this jazz. I do watch a lot of Dateline with my mom. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm just, like, I have so much fear Maybe it's just yeah. the news that I just don't know if I would trust some random people to stay in yeah. their house that I don't know. And I feel like your like your sister's husband thing sounds more safe because 
he knew the person and like it was a stable job and like it was a consistent thing like she sounds like she just picks up and like hops on boats for two weeks and I'm just like what in the world yeah like how did she even find her first thing her her first like she bought a plane ticket and just walked off the plane and walked up to a stranger was like can I can I live in your house if I do work for you (laughs) I'm gonna look up Europe house sitting and see oh there are okay. There's a there's a website that says Mind My House. Oh my god! House sitting assignments in all of Europe. Okay, so this is a thing. So you and I are just uncultured. Wait, why aren't we doing this? We should work from home in Europe. <laughs> we really we could. Uh, someone actually said to me like, "Oh, you could be working from anywhere right right now." And I was like, dang, like, this actually is the time to travel because your company doesn't have to know where you are in the world. Also, the fact, though, that um, it's the middle of a pandemic, so you might not want to travel right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which is also a thought. You might get corona in the middle of it all. I just, wow. I I don't think this is a thing in the United States. No, I I think in the United States it's called Airbnb and you have to pay to stay in someone's house. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Um, maybe we're just being American. Uh, and to preface, well, you haven't been to Europe, right? Because I've, I've never been to Europe. Right. I don't even have a passport. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we've never been to Europe. So we, we, I guess we're just being uncultured. But yeah, props to Eliza. And I really like the ending where he was like, I'll travel with you for a year. And I just, maybe also... I just, if I was her, I'd have the, I would want to go home for, like, a week or two. I would just need a home base. Yeah. Like, even if we were traveling all this time, like, say we decided to just rent an RV and work in RVs and travel the country during this pandemic while we work from home, I would still want to go home a bit, like, at some point just to have a home base. Yeah, I agree. And she didn't go home for four years. I would just get so homesick. I, I just couldn't do it. In conclusion, yeah. me and Marissa could not live the life of Eliza, but um, props to her. Oh, so do you think Eliza was a spoiled brat for wanting to travel the world and get divorced and just leave? I mean, I kind of did. That's why I phrased the question the way I did. Like, you made a commitment to get married, and I get she was young and dumb and naive and all that stuff, and marriages don't always last, but... For her to just divorce her husband because she's like, mm, I want to travel the world now. And the fact that you don't, I'm just going to divorce you. That to me was like, whoa, uh, a little, a little spoiled. But I mean, at the same time, like there were faults on both sides. I'm not actually putting all the blame on her because River really should have talked to her and used his voice and told her what was going on. And he didn't. And you just the thing is I think with relationships you can't give an ultimatum so it shouldn't have been River you're either going to travel the world with me or we're getting divorced it there should have been more room to wiggle so that was I think the part that I didn't like the like bratty spoiled part but her her justification for traveling I think was fine like I wanted her to travel and follow her dreams as well so it's a hard question I I mean I feel like they went so extreme with this. Like, she went so extreme with this. They could have taken a weekend trip somewhere or a week trip. So I just feel like there was no give on either side of the equation. And it sounded like this was going on for a while from the way she described it. So I don't think she's entirely selfish. But I do think, like, 
did she have to pack up? Every- I mean, I think, and I also think the divorce led to her being away for so long. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I feel like they could have been more compromises there, but uh, sometimes you just, you gotta, your heart just wants something and you just gotta, like, throw into it. And sometimes you gotta be selfish. I feel like, especially now in our early 20s, like, being single, I am selfish all the time. I do what I want despite sometimes what my family thinks and you just kind of got to live with the consequences and I feel like that's what she did yeah the difference was she was married which is another another reason I think you should wait to get married until your mid-20s or later because this is the time to like explore and be selfish and figure out who you are and like it sucks sometimes being single but I also wouldn't have these opportunities if I was married how old was she she went and she got divorced. I forget. I'm not, not sure if it's said. I think they've been married. Well, they were married at least a year. I don't know if they were married longer than that. Because, like, she's probably around our age at this point. Because if she got divorced, like, what, 20? Yeah. And she came back four years later, like, 24, 25. Um, so I could not imagine, like... We've been through a lot in our lives. Like, we went to college. We got our master's. We moved to New York City. Like, we started our careers. But I just feel like it's nothing compared to a marriage, divorce, travel the world, come back, get back together. Like, <laughs> and I'm sure we've had <laughs> She's lived quite the life. life. But, yeah, it's not like – I. sometimes I think she's immature, and sometimes I think she's more mature than I am. Yeah. But I guess it's just what you want in life. Mm, I – don't think I'll get married anytime soon, and I don't think this pandemic's helping. <laughs> it also makes you miss traveling, this book, because, like, we'll read this now, and I just want to travel, and we're stuck inside, and, like, the numbers of corona are going up again. It, it just makes you a little sad. I actually think that's why I was looking at those trips last night, because I just want to travel. <laughs> um, I'm like, I don't even know why I want to go to Turkey. I don't know why that sounds fun. Or Switzerland. Like, at least Switzerland, I think, is European, but... Gosh, being stuck at home really makes you want to do things. That's when that's when I booked mine. I was just feeling down about life. It was like back in July, and I just bit the bullet and I booked a trip for September 2021 to go to London, Paris, and Rome by myself. So I guess that's my adventure there. But again, it's very structured. <laughs> <laughs> there are hotels booked in every city. There will be no. Um, hostels there will be no um sleeping in uh the open grass it will just be structured i will have to share a room with like strangers though but everyone's kind of vetted so they won't be killing me (laughs) hopefully (laughs) why does our minds go there we don't even read that many mystery books i don't know it's because okay i know why actually it's because people travel all the time and nothing happens but then when something does happen that's what gets reported on the news so we look at it we're like oh my gosh all these travelers getting killed and it's like okay but they're the one in a hundred thousand or whatever you know (laughs) i think back to like i don't know if you remember when in Punta Cana that like one girl was uh, dragged into a closet and like beaten. And right before that, I went to Punta Cana and I had like a fine trip. We, we got, we left the resort for a couple excursions, like felt pretty safe the whole time. It wasn't at my hotel that happened, but now my mom's like, we'll never go back there again. I'm like, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I get that was really bad, but also we just went there and we're fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I also feel like the media helps with that. <laughs> 
to yeah. build up that fear. Do you, okay, do you think River actually wants to spend a year traveling with her or he just wants to be back together with her? Yeah, I don't think River is the traveling type. <laughs> so, so I actually don't, like, I think he offered up traveling for a year because he's like, maybe if we travel for a year together, it'll get it out of our system and then we can settle down and start our life here. But I, that doesn't really seem like his speed. So, yeah, I don't know. I did think he saw how happy she was traveling. Because remember when they were sitting at the table and they're talking about what they've done in the past four years and she's showing them all the pictures. And I feel like at that point he noticed how happy she was while she was traveling. And I feel like he, I feel like he wants to, and back to the whole notebook thing, how she wrote notes being like, oh, like you would love this if I was in this country. Like, I, Oh, that was so sweet. It was so corny, but yeah, so sweet. <laughs> and I feel like that came out of nowhere too. I didn't like, I feel like, yeah, I just had no idea what she was giving him until I thought she was giving him her like her personal j- journal. <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary. <laughs> but it was really sweet that she wrote like every entry to him. But I think those things that inspired him to want to travel with her. Yeah. But I think they'll probably settle down back in their little town. Is it in uh Vermont? Vermont. I didn't know Vermont was that rural. Granted, I've never been to Vermont, but... Yeah, I I don't know anything about Vermont, so... <laughs> it's on the East Coast, and that's all I know. I've been to upstate New York, which I guess is pretty rural, but it doesn't sound as rural, but... You've never been to Vermont. No, so wait, you brought up the journal, and that's actually... It hit me out of nowhere, too, because the whole book, she's like, I was never coming back here. I wanted to put River Jensen out of my mind. And then you realize she spent four years writing love letters to him, and I'm like, oh, Eliza, sweetie. That's not someone who wants to put him out of your mind. (laughs) You're clearly in love with him. She's been pining over him for four years. But yeah, like up until then, she's like, I don't need that. I'm happy. Life is good. And then she's like, I haven't haven't looked at another boy since you and I. (laughs) She sounds very confused. (laughs) As we all are in our 20s. True, true. But no, overall, really good book. Is there anything else to talk about this book? or? Nah, we covered it. I mean, it's a short book, so I think there's not there's not a lot to unpack. I think it's just a cute Hallmark movie version of a book. Everyone should read it if they want to get in the holiday spirit. Plus, it's by Candy Steiner, which, or who we love. We love Candy Steiner. And so if people haven't read a Candy Steiner book and they want to ease their way in, this one's a pretty... Uh, wholesome way to do it (laughs) this one's this one's sweet and i think it gives you a good taste for her writing which is really good i I, her stuff is just so fast and easy to read and you feel good at the end of it which is i know what you look for in books every book i dive in of hers i'll like sit on the couch and i get so lost in it and then like two hours later i'm like halfway through the book and i'm just like how (laughs) i never (laughs) read books as fast as i do when i read her books yeah, they're good. Um, but yeah, so I, I'd i probably only give this like 3.8 or 4 out of 5. Not because the story was bad and not because I didn't like it, but just because it was short and I wanted more. And novellas just aren't really my thing. Wait, so what was your final score? We'll do, we'll do 4. That's why I gave it on Goodreads. Okay. I'm going to give it a 4.2. 
So I guess our total—I—I love when I do decimals. It's gonna be four point one um, <laughs> out of fives. But yeah, so also we wanted to discuss our other books that we love by Candy Steiner because we felt like this book was a little short for a podcast. Although we did record uh, forty-six minutes of about about it so far, but we'll probably cut um, some of this out. A lot of the ums we try to cut out, which I probably am gonna cut that little blur out anyway. But. <laughs> Yeah, we decided we wanted to discuss some more of our favorite books by her because this one was so short and she has so many books. On the back of this, in the end of this book, it was actually when I was trying to judge which books I've read of hers and which books I haven't because I have a lot of her other books, but uh, I guess this has like the final version. Like it has the most recent cop list of all her books because yeah. she writes them all. But I was going through her back of the book, a list of all her books she written and I highlighted the ones I've read and the ones I need to read. I have like two series and like five books. So I, I have a lot to read of hers, but I read the Becker Brothers series, which is the four brothers in Tennessee, all fall in love, each different book. Great books. They are, they could be standalones, but like I would read them in order because uh, you just need to. I always tell Marissa this. Um <laughs> Marissa's reading Make Me Hate You, which I read this summer and I loved. Um, are you almost done? I'm a little over halfway and it's tearing me up, guys, but I love it. I hope you mean in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it ends. Right now, it is taking me on an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> uh, we, we both read The Right Player, right? Yeah. That was good. I read The Wrong Game, which, like, those two go hand-in-hand. It's, like, two best friends, and they fall in love in Chicago. And I think I love The Wrong Game better than The Right Player. Our friendship, I think if we were had to pin me and Marissa for, like, those people, I would say Marissa is a Gemma, and I am um, her best friend. I'm forgetting her name right now. I'm forgetting her name, too. I just always forget names sometimes. Wait, this freaking blurb is Bella, from her pers- Bella. Bella. So, um, out of like the two best friend combo, I feel like you're a Gemma and I'm a Bella, and I related more to like Bella's bluntness a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know. She, I just liked her a lot. But both really good books. But I think I like the wrong game better out of the two of those. I did read On the Way to You. Um, it wasn't my favorite of hers, but it was a good, like a, a good book, quick read. And then I recently finished. Revelry yesterday and I could not put it down. It was so good. I like that was probably I think my I think it's my favorite book. I don't know if I favorite book because it's the most recent book I've read of hers, but it was such a good book. I like could not put it down. So of my favorite Candy Sonner books, my favorite is Revelry. I really want to read a love letter to Whiskey. That's on my um, one of my my to do list of hers. I honestly just want to finish. I want to read all her books. Yeah. That, I think, after Make Me Hate You, that's the next one of hers I want to read. Although Song Chaser, which I know you love music and books <laughs> combined into one, uh, Song Chaser could be could could tear me apart in some good ways, could make me really hurt. So I might read Song Chaser, too. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read either of those either. Um, there's a lot I haven't read. I, I'm, I'm excited because I don't want to read all her books yet because I want to enjoy them still. But... Yeah, Revelry was so good. It was like cabin. It was a summer cabin in, in Seattle, which I've never been in Seattle, but we, it was like a, it wasn't lake, but it was river life. And 
me and Marissa love that kind of stuff. Even though we've never we're together on a cabin or a river, <laughs> I just feel like we always read books that relate to cabins and rivers and all this jazz. So we, we just love that stuff. We do. <laughs> it was a really good book. I I was really sad when I finished it. I was a little I went all book depression and then I just started my next book. <laughs> Are you cured? A little bit. I'm reading, so now I recently read the Wolf Hotel series by Kay Tucker, which, yeah. again, I good series. But they ha- she wrote a novella for, like, one of the characters in that book, like, kind of just like a, like a prequel. Okay. But not really, because it's like a novella, so it's a really short book. So I'm just reading that real quick, because I ordered some books that are coming in the mail um, this week, which is the Win in Paris one, and then Love and Olive. Okay, so I guess comparing the Christmas Blanket to her other books, her def- other books are definitely just better, because they have more like character development, and they made a little bit more sense, and more rationale. Mm-hmm. But really, all her- I like could not name one book that I didn't like of hers. You I- And I-, I feel like you have to read some more, but I like really, there's not a single one that I can name that I probably would rate lower than a four. Um, you said On the Way to You was one of your least favorites. Did you like this one or that one better? Um, I think I like this one better. But the books are just like <laughs> they're steamy books. They have really good love stories. They she talks about like all different types of people, all different types of personalities. I big fan of her as an author. This basically just is becoming like a a candy center promo over here we're just really big fans of hers yeah i i'm shocked this is our first candy steiner book for the podcast because you've loved her for a long time yeah i well you didn't know about her until this year um i don't even know how we stumbled upon her probably because uh i feel like her writing is similar to Kay tucker like her books mm-hmm. so we were we've done like a million podcast episodes on Kay tucker's books and i just feel like in the process like it probably was just recommended by either like Goodreads or Amazon or, or even Instagram and uh, we stumbled upon her and I feel like I feel like actually what brought it up was Make Me Hate You was like being advertised. Oh yeah I remember um, I kept getting advertisements for it and I avoided it because I was like I thought it sounded cheesy honestly like ooh best friend falls in love with her best friend's brother but it's so good like I really recommend it. <laughs> They just always like that. They're just so steamy and you cannot put them down. Like, they're just, they're such good books. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Um, I hope you like Candy so much as I do. If you've never read her before, like, give it a try and let us know what you think. If you have any authors that are similar to her and you recommend, let us know. If any books you want us to read, let us know. Um, we're always open for suggestions and questions. But thanks for listening. This is Kayla and Marissa and have a good night.